You may be seated for a moment. Amen, amen, amen. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. Good week of revival. Amen. Love the reports, I think. Let me look here. Got it earlier today. Uh, we've got 32 baptized and 38 filled with the Holy Ghost so far this year. Come on, somebody. And 1,239 home Bible studies have been taught already in the first three months. Come on, somebody, give God a hand clap. Amen, amen, amen. And so if you got all the doctrine right, you believe the oneness, the new birth, and you got the separation right, you know how to worship, you know how to pray, but you don't teach no Bible studies and you ain't having nobody get the Holy Ghost, you might be going to hell anyway. Tell somebody anyhow. Amen. I wouldn't want to take a chance on going to heaven if I wasn't doing something to get somebody else there. Amen. Amen. That was a bunch. I didn't get but two little hand claps over here. Look at somebody say, just fake it and say amen. <laughs> amen. So we thank God for all the home Bible studies that are being taught. The outreach is going on. Hopefully you got cards. You just leave them at it every table you're eating at. Just leave for someone to pick up. Amen. They call that sowing. And if you do it uh, sparingly, that's how much you're going to reap sparingly. But if you do it bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. Come on. Amen. So thank you for your hard work. And we'll be back again this next week. Looking forward to it. I'm going to go home, get a good hug and kiss from my wife, high five from the boys, mow some grass with the boys, wash the trucks with some boys, and then I'll be back. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. We're going to have some fun. Amen. Amen. And let me say as you stand, amen, we of course want to thank God for your bishop. Amen. And his good wife. Amen. These people are just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. And of course he thanked all of you all. And so I'm going to lead you in thanking him. He's been up here every night. 1.30 I knew. And he said earlier before church night, two something. I'm like, what in the name? of peanut butter and jelly and ice cream with chocolate syrup on is the man of God doing a hand at 2.30 in the morning. Especially this man. I mean, he's studying and preparing for his doctorate and master's and whatever else he's got going on out there. Brother Will, I might have to call Brother Wilson and say, now, Bishop, look, you got to let, just give this man a day and give him the course. All this, this man down here having revival, working at 2 in the morning and studying. We just, come on, deal, deal. Watch, it's going to happen. Hallelujah. No, Bishop won't do that, but he'll probably call him and tell him to take a chill. Amen. But, amen, this man of God leads in work. Would you give the man of God and the woman of God a great big hand? They are leading. They are leading, and uh, I know that you're blessed with them. Amen? Exodus chapter 28, Exodus 28. Verse 1, and then we'll go to Exodus 30 and verse 22. I think one more lesson tonight on this subject, and it'll get all the good stuff covered on it. Amen. We could go deep. I've got all this material here that I could teach, but I'm just teaching what I put out on the computer. And Amen. I think that'll be enough. Everybody say amen. That means next Tuesday night we're going to be rocking and rolling and screaming and palming heads and we still might do that tonight if y'all say amen a few times. Amen. <laughs> amen. Let's go to Exodus 28 and verse 1. And take 
thou unto the Aaron thy brother and his sons. Everybody say, and his sons. With him from among the children of Israel that he may minister unto me. Say that with me. That he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Even Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. Thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may, everybody say, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Amen. Or something back there I read, thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother. Yes, make holy garments for thy Aaron thy brother for glory and beauty. Look at somebody and say, ain't nothing wrong with looking good. I've read this hundred times, never said it, but it hit me when I went by that. I said, I'm going to go back and say that. Amen. Just look, just ain't, your clothes are for glory, but also for beauty. Look at somebody and say, yes, Sam, I, or yes, ma'am, or sir, I am all that. <laughs> amen, amen. I don't know why I said that, but anyway, everybody say amen. Now let's go to Exodus 30 and verse 22. Exodus 30 and verse 22 through verse 25. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take unto thee, un, take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of olive oil, and hen, and thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation there with the ark. And he goes to, and I want every piece of the tabernacle anointed. Everybody say anointed. Amen. The Lord bless you, and you may be seated in the name of the Lord. <coughs> From Psalms 133, David mentions the flow of oil. Living Bible says how wonderful it is, how pleasant when brothers live in harmony. Everybody say harmony. Uh, in the King James Version, it says unity. For harmony is as precious as the fragrant oil that was poured over Aaron's head. Everybody say over his head. And it ran down unto his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing. Say harmony is as refreshing as the dew on Mount Hermon. Now he's, it's a like as principle. He's saying as, it, as the dew is on Mount Hermon, so it is when the anointing is poured on the head of a person. So it's dew-like when it comes first upon Mount Hermon, on the mountains of Israel. And then as we see in verse 2 again, it flows down. Everybody say it flows down onto the beard all the way to the border of his robe. He said, "On God and God has pronounced his, this eternal blessing on Jerusalem, even life forevermore. Everybody say forevermore. <clears throat> so I want to read down through these uh, dimensions again in this flow of oil. Uh, at Mount Hermon, it rises 9,200. Mount Hermon rises 9,232 feet above sea level. 
9,232 feet above sea level. What's the, the, the uh, sea level marking of Pueblo? How high up is that? You remember? Down on Denver's a mile high. So, sir, Pueblo's just a little under a mile. So here it's 9,200 feet above sea level and can be seen from 120 miles away. The Jordan River flows 127 miles, rising from the foot of Mount Hermon and emptying into the sea. Its headwaters lie more than 1,000 feet above sea level, emptying 1,300 feet below sea level. That is a drop of 2,300 feet flowing into the Sea of Galilee, eight miles wide. So it starts at the top of Mount Hermon as dew. But by the time it gets down to the Sea of Galilee, it's now flowing into an eight-mile-wide opening, 14 miles long. Then it leaves the Sea of Galilee flowing 65 miles to the Dead Sea, where every 24 hours, there's approximately 6 million tons of water dropped into the Dead Sea. Now, you notice each... Point which starts at the mountain like dew, and then it's uh, 2,300 feet below that it's flowing, and then it flows eight miles, 14 miles long, and then then it flows 65 miles to the Dead Sea, and now it's not dew, but it's six million tons of water flowing. Now, here the writer makes reference to the anointing that flows down the head. And we've been teaching for about seven weeks about the spiritual head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Everybody say Jesus is the head of everything. Underneath that, there is the shoulders. Underneath my head is the shoulders. This is where the fivefold ministry lies. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher is in the shoulders of authority. Then we all are members and the word members means limbs or parts, in particular, in share or in portion. So one of these days I'll get fancy and have a video screen and parts and all, but I don't do all that, so maybe I won't. But anyway, if we could see it, Jesus Christ being the head, the fivefold ministry, the shoulders, and then the rest of us are baptized into the body of Christ. Members, limbs and parts in particular. So I don't know what part I'm in. I don't know... First of all, I'm born again and saved, so I'm in the body. And then uh, June, well, it wasn't June. It was about February of 1992. The Lord started calling me after I'd been called by Brother Mooney to come and sit down. And I sat down for eight months where he, when he realized I was back in town, Called me to the back. I don't know if I've told you this, but yeah, you're back. Yeah. How long have you been back? Two weeks? Two weeks. Oh my God, you already got a job? Yes, sir. I had a job in a couple of days. Where are you working? Working for Associated Doctors and National Travelers, selling life insurance there and health insurance and Medicare supplements. Oh, wow. We just talked and talked. He said, So you're here, huh? He said, Yeah, now he's a big, tall man. He looked, he said, Now look, whack, just like this. He said, You see that platform out there? There's empty chairs, but he said, back there in my office. You know that office across from mine? He said, yes, sir. He said, it's empty, but it's not for you. 
He said, you are going to set. Do, I, do you understand me? And I'm looking up at him. Yes, sir. Tears start running. He's crying. I'm crying. Yes, sir. He said, I mean, you're going to set. Do you understand? I said, yes, sir. He said, now I love you. And I said, I love you, Bishop. He said, you got any questions? I said, no, sir. He said, all right, go back and sit down. And I went and sat down crying. And it was quite a few weeks before he said anything. He'd be shaking people's hands. And uh, he'd see me standing there and he'd shake people's hands. How you doing? Good to see you. He'd look at me and say, keep walking. Did it for weeks. Didn't even shake my hand, just looking at me. Now, when it was all done, I told him about it. And he, he just had no memory of walking by me. He said, I can't believe I did that. I said, well, it's no big deal. I took it. It was about seven months till I got, you know, it hit me. You know, I, man, I went to work. I was like 7 o'clock in the morning. I was working till 10, 11 o'clock at night selling insurance. And it was, and they made the mistake of paying me when I turned in an application. Boom, shaka, laka. That makes my mic nervous right now. I get the trembling. Now, the catch was it had to be good stuff because if, you, if, you, if they put it in, it didn't get approved, they'd, They'd knock your percentage down. After you come down about 8 or 10%, they cut your pay off until you got it straightened up. So I had to write good stuff, but I realized, my man, I came up here in massive debt, and I could maybe pay myself out. And the next seven months, because somebody said, Pookie made some money. Pookie's me. Amen. That's what Brother Morgan called me, Pookie. Pookie made some money. They had a way to do it, and I thought, now, this is great, great, cool, you know, I ain't cold calling on this. I'm going to set my calls up, get my appointments up. I'm going to turn in three or four of these applications a day and get me some money. And uh, I was about nineteen dollars or $20,000 in debt back then. That was a lot. I mean, it's still a lot. That makes me nervous thinking about it. But uh, I paid myself out of that, and... Finally got to, you know, focusing in on church a little bit and sitting back on the right-hand side back there and, and people leading us. It was just horrible. It was just, I mean, I was just like. I couldn't feel a breeze nowhere. And Brother Mooney was a great pastor. He'd get up. He wouldn't say nothing about the way they led service and just carried on yakety-yakking and talking and cutting up with the preacher on the platform. I'd just be sitting back there. Oh, my God, we got eight. Business in here. Oh, what are these guys doing? Brother Mooney get up there and preach and reach and grab the crank and down there shaking his head and preach, sweat flying. And people finally get the altar and get the Holy Ghost. And man, finally one night I got ready to walk out. Wife said, Sit down, you can't. He's still preaching. I sat down, threw my knee up on the pew in front of me, slid down in the seat, boom, did it like that. And when I did that, the Holy Ghost said, That's your problem. That's your problem. That's the first words out of his mouth. That's your problem. I'm sitting back. I went, what? That's your problem. I said, oh, God. I leaned forward, put my head on the pew in front of me. Tears were just pouring out of me. You think I need you, he said. I've used a bush and a donkey. I don't need you, was his exact words. I've used a bush and a donkey. Immediately felt the Spirit of God lift off of me. The, felt like the Holy Ghost that I had. I felt like I lost it. And thankfully, it felt like just a few minutes, Brother Mooney said, let's stand. And when he said, let's stand, I was sitting right on the edge of the pew back on this side. And I got, I jumped and ran, whoosh, down to the altar. Caved in there just crying. 
prayed. There's people praying with me. They didn't really know who I was. He never prayed with me. <laughs> I'm telling you, he didn't. And I mean, I was repenting from that service for about two and a half months. Every service, wham, I was in the altar. Oh, God, because I wasn't. I couldn't feel anything. I thought I'd lost the Holy Ghost. And finally, one day, I got a call on the phone, church phone number, and secretary said, Brother Godwin, yes, ma'am, what Brother Mooney wants to know if you can come up here and he needs to meet you. I said, yes, ma'am. I was in the insurance appointment. I'll be leaving in five minutes. I'll be right there. I told I, my pastor called and needs me. I'll come back tomorrow. That's fine. And I ended up selling that one, by the way. Boom, shock, uh, Left and came back the next day and still sold it. But he'd come in there. He said, Greg, he said, look, he said, I see you praying good and all that. And he said, now, he said, I don't want you to coach the basketball team. I said, what? He said, I want you to coach the high school basketball team. I said, okay. He said, they got practice in 30 minutes. I said, okay. So I went out there in my dress shoes and took my tile, had my suit shirt on out there. And I looked at them. They had some pretty good shots, but they were, oh, I said, man, I can't believe you got me teaching these whacked out high school brats, church kids, dear God. Ugh. So I said, okay. I'm going to have to put them in shape. So I took the ball away from them for about a week and a half, almost two weeks. They didn't touch a ball. They just ran, 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 ran. That's old school. That's the way we did it anyway. So we was doing that. I kept going to the altar and praying. It was New Year's Eve. I was sitting down in the front row by the high school basketball team. And Brother Urshan was there to preach. And he leaned over to say something to Brother Mooney. And when he did, something in me said, well, there's about 3,000 people in the building. So he could have been talking about anybody. But I seen him say something to Brother Mooney. My, something my spirit said, that's what they're talking about. You know? And I went, oh, oh, Jesus. I just bent over the seat and, one of the guys said, Brother God, when you okay? I was like, oh, I was saying, God, you are so stupid. 3,000 people in this building, they're not talking about you. And I was crying. He got done preaching. I hit the altar right on this side, right down here. Was praying, had my head in this arm. I mean, I was just sobbing. And about 20, 30 minutes, it felt like also Brother Mooney came up on this side, leaned over, and into this ear, he said, Bishop said, that's enough. You're preaching Wednesday and walked off. I don't know if I, let me see, I don't know. I may have the notes I preached that night. Let me check. I mean, I got a bunch of old messages in here just in case I run out and don't get something. You know. I got some spare bullets I can shoot. Walking devils and running saints. That's the notes I preach from right there. Walking devils and running saints. What's the message on that? Well, a walking devil can't ever catch a running saint. <laughs> that was a message, so hallelujah. That was the notes I preach. I just wanted you to know I'm telling the truth, ain't lying. So, amen, we preached that night. The Holy Ghost fell, totally shocked me. I hadn't felt him in a year almost, and Felt him when I was preaching. People started coming to the altar, and, and you just didn't do that there. They had big doors over here. You went in that door and openings. There wasn't no doors, just openings in the back prayer room. Everybody prayed through back there, did it in the old church, done it years. They just poof, hit the front. Eight or nine got the Holy Ghost. Man, I went back there to my chair just bawling and crying. Brother Mooney said, Everett, great, what's wrong? I said, Brother Mooney, 
my God, this has been a horrible situation I've been in. What are you talking about? Well, you know, you set me down, you know, and if you hadn't said 10 words to me, I'll give you credit and say 100. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you walked by me, look at me, didn't shake my hand or nothing. He said, no, I didn't do that. I said, Brother Moon, you did. We were eating, drinking coffee at Steak and Shake. And so he said, so you're good now. He said, I think you're good. Brother Erson said, that's enough. And phone started ringing and here I am. But how does it happen? You have to be under authority. And I started this by saying we are, we are baptized into the body of Christ. Tell somebody, when I got the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues, and when I got baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of my sins, that one baptism, two parts, one baptism, two parts, water, spirit, baptized me into the body of Christ. Made me a member, a limb or a part. Can I say to us again tonight that you are not just a part of this local church. But by the new birth, you are made a part of the body of Christ worldwide. And when God sees us, this is what he sees. He sees us moving around down here and he sees his body moving. I've been thinking, I wonder what the square miles is that this church covers with members all over a map. It'd be interesting to see. Get a big map and put little pins out there of everybody. Get a big red one where the church is. and See how you cover where you work, put a pin. Where you live, put a pin. And, and see what the coverage of this church is over this whole area. When God looks at us, he sees us, first of all, as the one corporate body. His body. Number one. Number two, he then sees us as individual members, limbs and parts of that body. Everybody say in particular. Which means share or portion. Which means every member, limb or part, has a share of ministry, ask somebody, are you carrying your share? Like Bishop, you, you don't come to church and go, huh, what are you talking about? How can I forget? We sing it Sunday, I get rid of it. It's Tuesday, come on, Pastor. How can I forget? No, no, no. Because you know what? You're a member, and that member could be could be coming down with a spiritual infection. Churches end up having trouble and problems because of, I just say it, just members of the body who become cantankerous, agitated. That ends up being rebellion, if not shaken out of, preached out of, prayed out of quickly. Somebody say amen. Amen. So here in the Old Testament, Paul is... The, the, the apostle here, I mean, not the apostle, Moses is, Moses is writing, the Holy Ghost is moving on him and having him write this and give him specific instructions of the natural anointing on the priesthood, which is always the forerunning, the foreshadow 
of the ultimate truth that is to be revealed, meaning the New Testament, the New Testament church. Everybody say God was always shooting for the church. He came through Israel through the Old Testament. He didn't touch nobody except a few little Naaman and a few other little people, you know, that were Gentiles. He touched them a little bit. But he was headed for the church, but he was coming through the Jews, but he was headed for the sins of the whole world. Ain't going to save in a church. Look at somebody say, God's always been headed for us. So here in the Old Testament, he gives a specific particular detailed description of the anointing that he wants to flow upon the priest. It's to go on the beard and the garments. Psalms 133 and 2 ran down upon the beard. The oil was poured upon the head of Aaron so profusely as to run down upon his garments. You remember a few weeks ago when I was down on the floor and I poured the oil, on the water on me. You remember that? I got some yeses here and nothing over here. Thank you very much. Uh, look at somebody say he loves us. Uh, it's customary in the east to pour out the oil on the head so profusely as to reach every limb. And they did that because they took a horn of oil, put it into this 52 and a half pounds of ingredients that I read about in the text tonight. They put the horn of oil in it and fill the whole horn up, cork it off. And then when they get ready to anoint it, they shake it over the person that is to be anointed's head. And if the cork popped out, they were the one that was supposed to be anointed. So this happened when David gets anointed. He's got all his brothers there, and they go through once or twice. And he says, you got any bill? Well, I got a little kid out there. He's about 16, 17. He's tending the sheep, you know, watching sheep. Go get him. Well, he's just a little shepherd kid, red-headed, freckle-faced, little, you know. I mean, hey, well, go get him. We've been through these guys twice. They've been And strutting and muscling and flexing and all that stuff, you know. In the church, we get up and sing. But once we're done with our job, all of a sudden we become dead in a hammer. Touch somebody say that wasn't in the notes, but it was the Holy Ghost. If you get up here and you're all plugged in and jacked up, and you walk off of here 32 feet and lose it, you don't feel nothing. You don't feel like juking and jiving. And hey, hey, hey. And when you got the mic, you don't feel the same. Way. Something wrong. Have you, look at somebody say, have you noticed Bishop when he's not on the platform? Have you noticed how Bishop does? What, Bishop, just cross your leg right there. Don't cross your leg, just sit there. That's it. Just, he, he, don't, he don't just sit there and chill out. Just, I ain't seen him. He sits down when I preach for a little bit. I'll never see him do that. I mean, the music starts. He's standing. He stays up there. He... I got behind him tonight to watch. He was getting out. Look at somebody say, if you're in leadership, you got to come on and follow the leader. You got to get with it. And it done for me. How can I forget? How can I forget? done for me. Thankful, thankful. How can I? I thought I'd sing just to make sure y'all knew I felt good. Hallelujah. It ran down the beard, descending from the head upon the long flowing beard. The idea here is that of copiousness or abundance as. 
if so much ointment was poured forth as to descend on the whole person, consecrating the entire man. Then down to the skirts and the garments, to the mouth of his garments. The idea is that the anointing oil was abundant enough to flow down as to fall on his entire robe, diffusing the sweet fragrance. It was not merely the head, but the beard, the raiment, the entire person that partook of fragrance of the anointing oil. Touch somebody and say, everybody needs to be anointed. Went down to the skirts of his garments. It streamed even to the lower fringe. Everybody say, down to the lower fringe of his long vesture. He bore on his breastplate the names of the twelve tribes so that the holy oil typical of the grace of God when it was poured upon him flowed down on all tribes diffusing everywhere an odor of fragrance. Look at somebody say it's to flow on all of us. Am I making sense? <clears throat> I got a bunch of amens right here. Didn't get any from over here. So since we are the body of Christ... 1 Corinthians 11 and 29, 1 Corinthians 12 and 27, 1 Corinthians 12 and 12, 20. I don't know if they've got that. If they want to pop that up on the screen, they can. Just whistle at me if it goes up there. When the body is in unity, everybody say, when the body's in unity, perfectly framed together, the anointing can flow through this apostolic connection to each member. Any attempt to lift or exalt oneself is to move against the anointing. Everybody say, that's Satan's mistake. Remember, he was the anointed cherub. He was one of three cherubs. He was the only one that was anointed, and the Bible said he was perfect. Over a thousand times a thousand, a million angels, times an incalculable number, times another incalculable number of angels. He was over all that. But he looked up and saw God in his throne over him. And he said, I want up there. So here's the point. You need to be very careful. When you're in the body, you're anointed. Wonderful. But whenever you are brought into another position, when you're brought up, when you're brought up to the pulpit, you're preaching, teaching, giving announcements, whatever it is, or singing a solo, remember. You are under authority. Tell somebody and stay where you're put. Amen. I've known of men. I've, I've, I've heard guys when I was really young in ministry talk about, well, if I ever get to pulpit, I'm going to show them. I mean, if I just get a chance at the camp, I mean, well, if I could just get that pulpit, I'm going to show them. And I'm like, that, that's stupid. I'm just like, I ain't ever thought, well, if I could just preach camp. Oh, if I could just preach at conference, boy, I'd, I'd ring it out and let them have it. I can, before God, I can tell you, I have never thought, boy, if I could just, man, I don't know why, why nobody calls me for the conference. Can I tell y'all something? There ain't nothing worse than preaching to a bunch of preachers. Is it true, Bishop? Now, he ain't saying nothing for the tape. I don't know if we're on video, but he's, he's, he's kicking his foot and waving his hand. I'm just going to blow him up. He said, ain't nothing worse, harder. I mean, you just, me, I just want to go, you just slime bucket, just, ooh, shy, blah, 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 blah. 
I mean, it makes me so mad. You got to be kidding me. You're a preacher. You know what it is to say, amen. <sighs> but they just want their time. If I just get my time, I'm going to show them. Well, now, wait a second. What, what you going to do out here in pews? What, I mean, you're a member of the body. Why can't you do something out there? Well, if I, if I led the service, I'd be praying with somebody at the altar. Now, wait a minute. Why are you just praying with someone at the altar only when you leave the service? Now, wait, that's something wrong with that. Look at somebody say, we are members in particular. Most of this I've been saying the last eight, nine minutes, ain't word of it in my notes. It's just Holy Ghost. And some of y'all are getting tight on me. Look at somebody say, you just need to fake it and say Amen. Because you just tell somebody you blowing your cover just looking at him. Any attempt to exalt yourself or to move out of your place, look at somebody and say, move out of my place, will be repeating Satan's mistake. Lucifer became Satan, the devil, that old dragon. At the speed of lightning, 186,000 miles per second, he went from being Lucifer, the number one angel out of an innumerable host of angels. He went from being that to 186,000 miles per second, fast as you can blink your eyes. Just blink your eyes. He became the devil with just the thought of rebellion. And God has never given one thought, one moment, one second's consideration of any restoration to Lucifer or the one-third of the innumerable host of angels that were cast out with him. Has he given a moment's thought to ever restoring them? Somebody say, ouch. So what are you saying? Therefore, to move against the anointing and not with it is to become destroyed. We must come under the flow. Everybody say, under the flow of the anointing that will break yokes. Tell somebody, break yokes, not our ministries. Isaiah 10, 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of. Everybody say, because of. The anointing. The reason you've had 38 or 40 get the Holy Ghost these first three months is because not just because you got a great preacher, not just because he's anointed of God, not just because he's educated, not just because he can sing, not just because he's smart, not just because they have great leadership qualities, but because of the anointing. Come on, tell somebody because of the anointing. Amen. We can have all the peculiar things that the world says we need and not be anointed and still not have anything for God. The anointing destroys the yokes. So the beauty of this church being unified like you are is that when, when people walk in that are lost or bound or bound with habits or things of this nature, there is an immediate freedom they can sense. They may not know what it is. They, they may don't understand it. But they know there's something different about this place. Tell you know, somebody the difference is the anointing. The difference is the anointing. I don't think I need to clarify that anymore. Other than to say 
Again, if you're oneness, new birth, Acts 2, 38, 8, 16, 10, 19, 1 through 6, I mean 10, 44 through 48, 19, 1 through 6 of the book of Acts. If you believe that, you believe separation and wholeness and all that, but you are not anointed. You are in trouble. Look at somebody and say, we're all what Brother Godwin said. And we're anointed. Tell somebody, and we're anointed. When this choir gets to singing on the midweeks or the weekends, it ain't got nothing to do with your talent and how pure you are. It's got to do with you are anointed. And you're anointed because you are together. Tell somebody, we are together. All these great musicians, I just feel like saying this, all these great musicians, you're great, but if you weren't anointed, you couldn't do half what you do. Tell somebody it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. So we must always remember that. Thank God for talent and abilities and boom shakalakiness and all that. I mean, Matt Ewing, I love Matt down in Lake Charles. He plays for Bishop and he don't know coming from sick about nothing he's playing, but he can play anything better than anybody, just about it. He don't know coming from sick about no chords, no nothing. He just plays. He just learned. I remember when he was a little kid up there playing the drums. Walked in one day on a Tuesday morning at Lake Charles. Walked into church. I heard music. I'm walking. Well, now what's going on in there? And I heard Landy in there playing his bass. And that little kid up there. I walked in and said, my God, Landy, is that Matt? Yeah, it's Matt. Staying, he don't know anything now. He may know a little bit more now. He was playing drums, wasn't but a while he's playing the piano, wasn't a little while he's playing the bass. And I was just like, Bishop, what's going on? He said, Bubba, I don't know. He's just as good, ain't he? Anointed. Everybody say he's anointed. Anointing is what breaks the yoke. We got people coming in this city now. This is what's where I'm headed for with this, we got people that are coming in here, people that are about to come in here. They are bound with sin, bound with habits, not because they want to, but the only hope they have is that we are anointed. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to say it again because I want you to know I believe. Now, we got to believe the truth. Everybody say, we got to believe the truth. That's the oneness of God, the new birth message. Born again of water and spirit. That means repenting, water baptism in Jesus' name for the mission, filling with the Holy Ghost, evidence by speaking with other tongues. Everybody say that makes you born again. And then you have to grow up into the fullness, measure, and stature of Christ. Tell somebody you come in like a baby, but now you got to grow. Everybody say, I got to grow in Christ. But now, if that's all you have, this church ain't helping nobody. You are not anointed. You go, Brother God, how can you be all that stuff and not be anointed? I, I really don't have an answer except to tell you I've been in a lot of churches. It was just like that. So what does it take? I'm not in my notes. He tells somebody he's not in his notes. It takes leaders staying broken, staying committed. It takes leaders, everybody say leaders, staying hungry. The more, can I tell you, the more God blesses you, the more God bless you and anoint you. 
I mean, when you get up here playing and God gets to moving, it wouldn't, you ain't going to upset the bishop. You just drop your bass and take off shouting. Now, we didn't get a lot of people clapping, but it's okay. Because we're not making an album right now. Look at somebody say, we're not making an album right now. Now, you probably are going to be for too long, but that wouldn't, tell somebody when we're in church, we're not making a tape, we're not cutting a CD, we're not making a DVD, we're not making a record, we're not making anything recording, we just have a church. And if you're playing that piano and you feel like it, you can get up off that piano and shout. If you're in the, in the praise team and you want to shout, you can just shout. If you're in the choir and you want to run, you can just run. If you're playing the drums, amen, you can just take off and play the drums. The beat ain't that necessary. Why? Because you want to stay humble before God and you want to be offering a praise from the place of submission. Everybody say from. Amen. Word destroyed here means to deal corruptly, to offend, to spoil, to be broken, to twist, to vile, to writhe, to be ruined. Satan's attack is designed to break the flow of anointing so as to render the church powerless. I'll say it again. Satan's attack is designed to break the flow of anointing so as to render the church powerless. Everybody say, we don't want to be powerless. So we must stay under authority so the anointing will flow on us. Malachi 4, 5, and 6, if father's hearts and son's hearts will turn. Everybody say, turn. If the father's heart, here's your bishop, he's your father in the gospel. If his heart will turn towards you. And I've been here about two months, I've seen it. I've seen his heart turn toward you. I've seen him turn to you in the altars. I've seen your pastor's wife turn to you. And then I have seen you also in turn turn to him. I don't know anybody. I don't feel. Nope. I still don't. I don't sense anybody in rebellion. I don't sense anybody causing a problem. There's not a problem. What I'm saying is you got to keep doing what you're doing. Why? Because here, here, this is what the Holy Ghost just said to me. This church is going to be running into the thousands shortly within a year's time this building could be full on Sundays that's what I thought amen now I'm gonna, you can be seated now I'm going to say it again now why didn't everybody say amen well you know I don't know about that well I'll tell you why I'm just going to sit down here and talk with you y'all didn't say amen tell them say this next five minutes is our fault Here's why people don't say amen when you got a good thing going on. Because you know if a thousand people pray through, there's a good chance there's going to be some people that's going to come in. They can out-sing you. They can out-direct the choir. They can play the bass better. They can play the drums better. And we may have to put y'all on rotation. Every third Wednesday, you get to play. You don't even play on Sunday because you ain't that good. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody say, let revival come. Let us multiply. Tell somebody, let us multiply. Amen. Now, it may not be that, but there may be somebody can run the sound better. Somebody can run the computers better. Somebody can run. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, but let revival come. Let it come. I don't care who can do it better. Let them move and take me, and I'll move up and do something else because we want everybody we can get. So tell somebody, my heart's got to turn. To the Father, stand with me.
So your hearts are turned towards your dad, your bishop. If he's prayed you through, you are unequivocally his sons. He is your father. And if this is your church, everybody lift your right hand and say, this is my church. That means that's my daddy. Everybody say, that means that's my daddy. And that's my mama. No matter if you prayed through in Bangor, Maine or Tupelo, Mississippi or Portland, Oregon. It don't matter if this is home. Tell somebody if this is home. You can't have but one daddy. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. Come on, musicians. The question, the final question is, can you wear your father's coat? Exodus 28 and 3, he said he wanted Aaron and his sons anointed. Wanted Aaron in garments and consecrate him that he may minister. Without the garment, without the anointing poured over his head that ran down his beard, his shoulders, all the way to the ends of his garment. He was just dressed in a pretty robe. Exodus 29, 29, the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons, everybody say, after him, to be anointed therein. By being in the body, somewhere in the body, the anointing is going to float. Just tell somebody, if I stay in my place, tell somebody under authority, the anointing that pours on the head. End up all the way to the feet. The only way you're in this church, this body of Christ, and no anointing is on you is if you get out from underneath the authority. That's the only way. So tell somebody next to you and say, stay in your place. Glasses are now messed up. Garments was the vesture. It was a coat, a long shirt-like garment, usually of linen. Numbers 20 and 26, strip Aaron of his garments and put them on Eliezer, his son, and Aaron shall be gathered unto his people and shall die there. Garments are covering from our Father in the gospel. They're handed down from generation to generation. Each time, containing the old anointing, when that garment's taken off, it's put on another generation. It's got the old anointing in it. Now somebody here few years ago was teaching everybody gets anointed gets a new garment that's not anywhere in scripture you never get your own garment tell somebody I get an old garment Whew. it's been anointed it's got a lot of old anointings in it the pastor's got his pastor's mantle that's got his pastor's mantle. It's got Bishop Wilson's mantle. I mean, his dad, you know, I was there preaching for him. He got to talk about his dad. Who I met a couple of times and man, he had me crying talking about his dad. 
sense his dad's anointing on him. And then Brother Wilson, I could sense Brother Wilson's anointing on him. And then I met his son in the gospel. And I can sense Brother Elder's anointing on him. But I've been around him now for a couple of months. And I can not only sense Brother Elder's anointing on him. But in that mantle was also his dad's mantle. Brother Elder's dad. And not only that, but Brother Wilson's anointing oil is in it. Brother Wilson's dad, pastor, just I forget his name. He's just a pastor. Him and Brother Keys, they went to a little church down there south of uh, Modesto. Just a little, well, Kermit, that's what it was. Just a little old spot. Man, their pastor, they, Brother Keys would talk about him and just cry. Brother Wilson, I heard a preaching tape of him here just a few days ago, and he was talking about his pastor and all the dilemma and everything that was going on there. and But his love and respect for his pastor. And I was like, oh God. That's what's happening in Fort Myers. So now you're in the body. Tell somebody I'm in the body. Covered by a mantle. It's got anointing in it. It's got your bishop's anointing. But it's also got Brother Elder's anointing. It's got Elder Elder's anointing. It's got Bishop Wilson's anointing. Now, when they'd hand it down, no doubt it'd have tears on. I know they wanted it to be fancy, but after a few generations, man, it gets a little tattered and a little, couple little tears in it. And probably some stab marks in the back. You know, you got your armor on and you can fight everybody in front of you. You fight devils in front of you. But boy, them, look at some of these church devils. They come from your back. They tell somebody there ain't no coverage back there. So daddy's garment probably got some cut marks, some tears in the back. Maybe when he takes it off to put on this boy, Aaron takes off. This is, this is mine, and I've had it X amount of years, and it's kind of fragile. But this is this is the man. Oh yeah, that's it. That's right. It's got it's got the anointing in it. When they anointed me, it's all in it. But now we're gonna anoint you. So we're gonna pour a little on him. So now he gets an anointing that's mixed with the old anointing. So you see, you see, do you see that now, Bishop Wilson? He's little man, he's reading encyclopedias to study, just devouring them. Then he gets up and gets a little bit more and gets deeper. And, and, and that mantle ends up on Brother Elder. And it's old. And then from Brother Elder down to your pastor, tell somebody we're on the third or fourth generation. Tell somebody there's a third or fourth generation anointing falling on us. The old anointing is contained in the Father's garment. To be uncovered is to lack the anointing. Therefore, we become a single generation. If you go out and do your own thing, you become a rebel and just be your own man. You're starting off with one mantle. 
of anointing, if you even get that. If somebody's in rebellion from their father and out doing their own thing, if they get anointed, it's only because the, somebody they're talking to needs truth. As soon as that person gets what they need, it's off of that man. Can I say to you, if you're ever preaching, singing, playing, serving in the church and you feel the anointing, and then you feel it lift off of you and leave, oh, only time I ever felt like that was when Brother Mooney set me down I don't know that the anointing lifted but I know I couldn't feel it and it had me in absolute tears for months till I got up and preached that night walking devils and running saints I told him you may be running and running for your life we're in a race and we're running to make it I said the devil will never get you you know why Bible says all he can do is walk. And there ain't nobody can catch me if I'm running and you're walking. Man, I felt that anointing come on me. I went to crying. Those altars filled up. Eight people got the Holy Ghost. I knew eight meant the number of new beginnings. And I fell on that platform sobbing. Oh, my God. And it just hit me. Is it possible I get another chance? I mean, I get to feel the anointing of Preached the next three months. Didn't do any insurance selling. Therefore, nothing was in the hopper. Nothing was getting paid. I wasn't getting paid. People knew I was, all the preachers but two of them knew I was working. They all knew I was working, but all of them chose to give me 50, 60 bucks for the week. Two of them paid me, and Brother Mooney wanted to just one day, hey, come on in here. I'll talk to you. How you doing? I said, I'm doing good, man. Having revival? Yeah. He said, well, I heard from Brother I heard him. Yeah, he had 21 kids. I know, Bishop. I started crying. He said, well, how are you doing? I said, well. He said, what do you mean? Said, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm kind of hurting. What's wrong? You not feeling good? No, I feel fine. I said, man, my pocketbook's hurting. He said, what do you mean? Aren't you getting paid? I said, no. Only twice out of the five or six I've been to. He said, what? Had the secretary wrote a $2,500 check to me. That felt good. Someone say amen. That one almost took me out of the anointing right there. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I felt that. Hey, shy. Now, when you've been three months and you're going under, at 25, you thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. There's nothing greater than knowing that you are anointed Everybody say, because I'm in my place. Grab somebody's hand next to you. Grab somebody's hand, a man, a woman, another family member. Come on, grab their hand. I'm going to stop. Why are you anointed? Four or five times in the Old Testament, I was going to read the scriptures. It says, that he may minister unto me so from here on out we're praying for more anointing stronger anointing that breaks every yoke anybody has we want it to flow from member to member and from our spiritual head down to every member of the body
So tell somebody you're holding hands with, say, I want to be in my place under authority so the anointing can even get to me. Tell them like that. Tell them so the anointing can even get to me. God didn't save us just to set us on the pew and twiddle our thumbs and wait for lucky blue number day when God's going to go and we're going to be gone and we just sat here for 10, 15, 20, 25 years and did nothing he has made us a part of his body squeeze that hand you're holding and say we are members in particular say in share and in portion that means you have a share and you have a share, and you have a share, and you have a share, and you have a share. And, you, and when you're all connected in the Spirit, when you're in unity, now you got one share, two share, three. How many people do you think we got here tonight? 400, 300, 350? 350 shares of Holy Ghost anointing flowing as one current. Somebody say it's flowing as one young men down here I was hoping y'all get to church I didn't even see you walk in I'm so proud of y'all I mean I'm proud of y'all you mama oh lord she's smiling uh huh you proud of them too ain't you uh huh you got the Holy Ghost alright that's good been baptized in Jesus name alright that's a boom shakalaka You young men, if y'all only knew what's flowed into you when you got the Holy Ghost and when you got baptized in Jesus' name, I'm hoping you are understanding what's happened. By y'all continuing to come to church and staying connected with us, the flow of God's Spirit's not only in you, but say it's through me. It's going to impact your friends. It's going to. Watch. You watch. I'm proud of you. Everybody's proud of these young men. This mama, come on, give them a hand. So everybody lift your hands so I'll quit talking. Everybody say amen. Amen. I love you, Jesus. I thank you for this great, 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 great church. I thank you for the unity that we feel and sense. I thank you for opening some of our eyes and our understanding and helping us to realize what we're a part of. God, you're doing something that is so big, so grand. It's hard to even explain. But we know it's of the end time. That this is the last thrust of your spirit upon this world. And we're praying that God, this portion of your body is so unified that there can be a pure flow into us and through us not just in this church but anywhere we're at at work out at supper at dinner at the laundromat at the gas pump wherever people can sense something different about us I pray a spirit of unity upon this church so good so tight so real that altar calls will happen during the praising and people will just begin to pray People will begin to get the Holy Ghost in the very beginnings of the service, God. Whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Tuesday, God, let there be a freedom of your spirit that's flowing in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift your hands and give God some praise. 
give him some praise as they sing. Fall on me, anointing. Come on, lift your hands as you sing it. Fall on me. Let the fall on me. Oh, let the anointing fall on me. Come on, one more time. Lift your hands. Sing anointing. Come on. Anointing fall on me. Clap our hands and thank the Lord for what he's done in this place. We're about to be dismissed, but before we do, I want you to listen to me for just a moment. As Brother Godwin was preaching tonight. The Lord began to speak to me specifically something. There is only one way in Scripture that the Spirit of God administers his work in humanity and that is through the anointing is what this man preached to us tonight that is why he said without the anointing nothing else matters everything else remains powerless in a state of inactivity it, it is benign it is it is ineffective and anointing in scripture only comes one way and that is through transfer. I don't have time to get into a theological study, but there are eight major models of, of transfer motifs in Scripture. All the way from the establishing of the children of Israel and the Spirit of the Lord that is put upon Moses. And then the Spirit that is upon Moses is placed on the people. And you can follow its continuity all the way through Scripture. Elijah and Elisha and Saul and David and Aaron and his sons and so on and so forth. All the way into the New Testament church whereby the anointing is transferred by the laying on of hands. And the anointing in Scripture was always ind indicated by the work of the apothecary. The oil was always an agent of transfer. That's why it was used in the work of ministry. That's why the, the, the graphic tonight has the oil being poured. Anytime that they anointed a king, a prophet, the, the entire tabernacle, all of the instruments and the, and the furniture of the tabernacle had to have the oil upon it. That oil represented the anointing being placed upon them. And so it is that we understand the importance of the transfer of anointing coming to us. It is precious. And if you don't understand how valuable it is, you can take it for granted. 
It is such a precious commodity that God would not just let anybody even make the oil. God ordained specific people and they had a call from God in their life and their only job was to do what the Bible calls the work of the apothecary. Their job was to take all of those ingredients and to manufacture the, the, the perfect mixture of that oil and it was guarded. I don't have time to get into it, but they, they guarded that, that anointing. Give me that bottle of oil that's there, uh, brother, brother Trevor. They, they, they guarded that, that oil. It was, it was precious to them. It, it, it was expensive, and, and there was a lot that went into making it, and it was, it was consecrated by God for the work of the ministry. It was the Christos. It's what, it's what when you say Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name. <laughs> it means he was Jesus the anointed one, the Christos. But can I tell you that as important as it is that the anointing is transferred to you is that you protect the anointing that's in your life. He preached it to us tonight just the same way that the anointing comes to you you can lose the integrity of the anointing that God has put in your life is there anybody in the building that understands the value of God's anointing that is on your life And as they did in Scripture, if you're going to be successful, I know I'm taking a few minutes, but this is a God moment. Just as they protected the anointing in Scripture, you've got to learn how to protect the anointing that's in your life. You've got to learn how to protect that anointing. God, I can't, I can't do anything that will jeopardize the flow of anointing that's been put in my life by the Holy Ghost and by the transfer of anointing that has come from God and through the spiritual authority in my life. I've got to protect it. And one of the ways, and I, I said all of that to qualify what I'm about to say, the thing that God showed me and just spoke to me while he was preaching tonight is that if you are not careful there are particular things in your life that can cause the anointing to be taken from you. He described a time when, when he sat in a pew bound by a spirit of rebellion and, and resisting spiritual authority that caused that flow of anointing to lift from him. I want you to put it on the screen, media team, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse number 1. Let me, let me show you what the scripture says. Is this all right tonight? We're going to leave in a few moments. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse number 1 says this to us. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. There is a condition by where the anointing that is in your life becomes spoiled. And what once was the sweet smelling fragrance of anointing in your life begins to have 
an odor that is repulsive. It shows up with those kind of attitudes, Brother Godwin, sitting in a pew, arms folded, frowns on our faces. We colloquially call them stinking attitudes. There's a reason we call it that. It's a sign that the flow has been stopped up by something in our life. And can I tell you that when you associate yourself with people that have become infected with rebellion, you begin to put your own anointing at risk. Bible says that what causes the stink is dead flies. You want to know what dead flies do? Dead flies eat on dead things. Flies are attracted to dead things. Rotten stuff. How do people develop the dead fly, because they've been partaking and consuming things that are dead, that are dying. Rebellion is a sign of spiritual death taking place inside of somebody. The attraction of flies. Those dead flies begin to contaminate. And that, that, that apothecary, that, that ointment of the apothecary, that's supposed to be giving off a sweet fragrance. You hang around dead stuff long enough. You hang around spiritually dead people long enough. And the same flies that are on them will start tainting the anointing that's in your life. Come on, I'm talking to some people. You, you, you spend enough time, you hear me? You spend enough time around people that are harboring bitterness in their heart and rebellion in their spirit. It won't be long before you're the one sitting in your pew. It won't be long before you're the one that's starting to speak the same things they're speaking and think the same thoughts they're, they're thinking and begin to what's happening? The same dead flies that have been flying around are now beginning to cause the anointing in your life uh, to have the same smell. And you wonder why you can't feel God. And you wonder why you can't get a breakthrough. And you wonder why you're upset all the time. And all of a sudden you're angry about stuff uh, that has nothing to even do with you. Uh, I'll tell you what's happened is you put yourself uh, in proximity uh, to things that are spiritually dying. An ancient form of Chinese torture is they would strap a dead body onto somebody. And that which was perfectly healthy and alive would begin to die because of its connectedness to that which was dead. And I'm talking, I feel it in the Holy Ghost so strong. Some of you need to inspect the friendships and the connections of people you're spending time with in your life that are spiritually dying, that are spiritually dead, that are harboring bitterness and rebellion in their heart. You're putting the anointing that's in your life in jeopardy. You don't believe it? You just ask Amnon, who loved his, his sister Tamar. The 
Bible said Amnon had a friend. And his friendship, the same flies that had infected that young man who had a spirit of rebellion, eventually got a hold of Amnon. And a young man who, who was a descendant of royalty found himself partaking in the same rotten junk that his friend had. Look what the rest of that verse says. Put it up there. So a little folly, him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. God's got a call of God upon your life, wisdom and honor and great things, and it can be destroyed, destroyed that fast with a little bit of folly. Those flies are represented by a little bit of folly. Get yourself wrapped up in dumb arguments that have nothing to do. And all of a sudden, instead of flowing under the anointing of God in your life, the wisdom and the honor that God wanted to have in your life, ruining your reputation, ruining the influence that God wants to give you, ruining the anointing of God. Come on, I'm talking to some people in the building. Ruining the call of God on your life. Destroying your destiny because you're associating with things that are dead. It's not just about getting the anointing, honey. It's about protecting and keeping uh, that anointing. Uh, that's why you've got to guard your spirit. Uh, you've got to tell people, I ain't got time for your foolishness. Uh, if you're going to operate with that kind of an attitude, uh, if you're going to operate in that kind of, then you're going to have to pray through. Uh, I'm not going to spend my time hanging around. Uh, I don't want this precious anointing uh, that God put in my life uh, to begin to attract the flies uh, that are eating and destroying uh, your soul. Uh, it's too in important to me I'm not a politician I'm not here trying to win friends and influence people tonight like Carnegie teaches you to I'm a, I'm a watchman on the wall tonight this kind of preaching and teaching that has been happening on midweeks is polarizing Jesus said, I didn't come to make peace. I came with a sword to separate life and death. This kind of preaching will bring demons to the surface in people's life. This kind of preaching will agitate spirits that have remained dormant and operated. Why? Because the word of God is light. And when the word of God goes forth, it begins to shine in the little corners where the little devils have been trying to hide and operate. Under the, the word of the Lord will begin to expose motives and expose attitudes and expose fear. Come on, somebody. When it begins to happen, you better have enough spiritual sense in your life to say, all right, Holy Ghost, uh, thank you for revealing that to me. Uh, all right, Holy Ghost, uh, thank you for showing that to me. Uh, all right, Holy Ghost. Uh. Bible says the Word of God is a savor of life unto life and death unto death. To those who are ready to repent, the word of God brings life. And to those who want to harbor bitterness and rebellion, uh, it will render spiritual death and condemnation. In revivals like this, God is preparing the atmosphere for birth. And God can't have 
devils of rebellion running around while he's trying to birth new converts in this house. You're going to see people that, that get up and say, I'm never coming back to this church. You know what you do? You dust the, you dust the, your shoes and say, God bless you. Praying for you. Love you. It could just be that God is getting them out of the way uh, so that their dead flies uh, don't try to affect the babies uh, that are in the birthing canal of the. It could be that God is moving them out of the way uh, because there are precious souls uh, that God is bringing. Come on, I'm talking to somebody in the building. You put them in the hand of God. You go trying to drag dead stuff back in that God's trying to get, get out of the house. If people want to live right, uh, if people have a heart to live for God uh, and love truth and bless God, uh, these doors are open to every soul and every person. Uh, but if there are people uh, that are being used by the enemy uh, to impede the flow of anointing, uh, to impede the revival, uh, then I'm praying, God, uh, that do whatever you got to do uh, to remove God. Uh, re do what you take them out there uh, and do whatever you got to do to work on them. Uh, to to lift our hands all over this building. These are not just lessons that some evangelist is coming because he's trying to preach to... No, no, no. These aren't just Tuesday night services that are... We're just passing time. These are God-ordained moments where the Word of God and the Spirit of God are positioning His people. Where the Spirit of God is getting us in the birthing... Come on. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. God is putting us in the birthing position. Uh, God is going to cause us to maximize uh, our reproduction uh, in this house. There is a level uh, of fertility uh, that God is bringing to this house. Uh, oh, Rabbi Yando Boshataya. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. God said, I've got some things. Uh, I got some things that I'm moving around in the body uh, that are going to increase the fertility uh, of the womb of this church. Uh, if I can get some things out of the way, uh, that have been clogging up the flow. Uh, if I can get some people uh, to repent uh, that need to get their heart right. Uh, and if they don't get their heart right, uh, I'll remove the stumbling blocks uh, from the babies and the children in my... Come on, God's positioning us. Uh, come on, all over this house, lift your hands. Uh, all over this house, I want us to pray, God, uh, uh, whatever it takes, God, I got to be right with you. Uh, God, I got to protect the anointing. Uh, I got to protect the flow of anointing that's in my spirit. Uh, I can't afford to get messed up. Uh, I can't afford to get lost. Uh, I can't afford to get infected. Uh, uh, in the name of Jesus. Come on. Uh, come on. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. Uh, don't just sit in your pew. Uh, don't just sit there full of self-will. Uh, you need to lift your hands in the air uh, and say, I surrender to you, God. Uh, I surrender my will to you. Uh, I surrender my spirit. God, uh, create in me a clean heart uh, and renew a right spirit uh, in me, God. If there any, if there's anything. If 
impeding the flow of anointing in my heart. Get it out of me tonight, God. If there's anything in my spirit, God, that's causing resistance, I, I got to get it out of my heart tonight, God. I got to get it out of my spirit tonight, God. I'm repenting right now. I'm getting my heart right. Come on. Come on, right now, right now, right now. Come on, come on. If the Holy Ghost is going to work through you, you've got to be anointed. If the Holy Ghost is going to use you, you've got to guard the anointing. Oh, somebody right now, come on. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. 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 If you try to make me choose between the anointing and our friendship, I'll, I'll choose the anointing every time. If you try to get in between me and my God, uh, I'm going to choose God every time. Um, if you try to get in between me and the call of God, uh, I'm going to choose the call of God. If you try to get in between me uh, and the church, uh, Zion, the mother that travailed and birthed me, I'm going to choose the church uh, every single time. Uh, I'm going to choose mama every single time. Uh, Come on, I can't let anything get in between me uh, and the anointing. Uh, I can't let anything get in between me and God. Uh, I can't let anything get between me uh, and the body of Christ. Uh, I can't let anything get between me. Come on, come on. Oh, God. I, I know we, 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 we live in a society that, is, that has a palate for just a bunch of feel-good church. God forbid that the church has been diluted into a social club. My Bible still says to mark them that cause division among you. It still says it. Brother Gene, the verse is still in the Bible. It still says that. This ain't some social club where we're just trying to make each other feel good even when there's sin. I'm not trying to an an anesthetize your sin. If you ain't right, you need to feel the sting of death that sin brings to your life. I'm not trying to cause the pain to go away. Uh, That's how people die of drug overdose. They get addicted to anesthetics, just cover the pain. No, you need to repent uh, and the pain will leave your body. Uh, You need to hit an altar and pray through. Uh, You need to get on your feet. You need to fast uh, until your self-will is broken on an altar. Am I going to pat you on the back and celebrate rebellion? I love you too much. I said I love you too much. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Don't kiss me and tell me I'm okay when I need to repent. 
Look me in the eye if you love me uh, and tell me I'm wrong. Uh, tell me I need to get it right. Uh, give me the word of God. Don't let me believe a lie. Don't let me have a false sense of security. You don't walk into the hospital and tell the doctor, just tell me everything's okay. I want to know what's wrong with me. I want you to fix it. I want you to help me. I, I got to live and I can't die. Heaven's too great and God's return is too soon for me to be playing games in the house of God and playing church and walking around in my own self-will. I don't have time for that. There's a whole city depending on the womb of this church. There's a whole destiny of thousands of souls ready to be born uh, that are depending on a healthy mama to give birth uh, that are depending on a church uh, that can stay in the birthing position uh, and not get distracted uh, and not lose out with God uh, and not forfeit our calling and our anointing come on one more time lift your hands all over this house come on one more time before we leave this sanctuary Lord uh, we submit to your word tonight uh, we surrender to your word. Uh, let your word be true uh, and let every man be a liar. Uh, God, I lay down my self-will tonight. I lay down my ideologies, God. I lay down uh, my bitterness and disobedience uh, and hatred and variance, God. Uh, I put it on the altar tonight. Uh, God, uh, I'm falling on the rock uh, so the rock doesn't have to fall on me. Uh, God, I submit to you. Come on, just a few moments right here. Just a few moments right here. I've got to protect the anointing. 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 Amen. We're about to be dismissed, but the Holy Ghost is just prompting things. God needs to deliver some of us from the hood mindset that somehow we elevate loyalty over righteousness. My loyalty first is to God and the truth of God's word. common thing that binds us is the body of Christ that we're born into. When the only thing that binds us is the same thing that we dislike or hate, we become comrades, not brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. How many of you thank God for his word and his truth tonight? I pray that as we leave this house tonight that the same presence of God that's in this place stays settled over the top of us tonight. I pray that as we go and we eat and we prepare to go to bed and get ready for work for tomorrow that this same conviction and this, this depth of, of God's presence that's in this place remains with us tonight and the weightiness of God's word and truth 
doesn't depart from our hearts. I pray that when we wake up in the morning, that it carries us into our day. I pray that what we feel here tonight changes the way that we think, changes the way that we start making decisions right now, changes some of the conversations that we've been involved with right now. Are you grateful? One more time, let's thank God. Come on, let's clap our hands and thank the Lord tonight. Hallelujah.